the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weekday at this time to share the good news of Jesus and to lift up His name to this city. No matter if you are listening right now from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that today's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to everyone. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message. I want you to take your Bibles, uh, if you have your Bibles, and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. There was a young man uh, who said to his father at breakfast one morning, he said, Dad, I'm going to get married. And the dad looked at his son and said, are you ready? Are, 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 are you in love? And the boy said, I sure am in love. And the dad asked the son, well, how do you know you're in love, son? And the boy said, well, because last night, dad, I I was kissing my girlfriend goodnight, and her dog bit me in the leg, and I didn't even feel the pain until I got home. (laughs) Most of us are confused about uh, defining what true love is all about. And again, in our text so far, everybody say so far. Here's what we've already looked at the last few weeks, that love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, love is not proud. That's all in verse 4. Verse 5, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking. You might say that love puts the other person's interest above their own. I think about the number of marriage counselors that would completely go out of business if couples simply learned that love is not self-seeking. Amen? Amen. I've entitled this message today, Tough Love. I I wanted to call it True Love, but I, I went with Tough Love because of the 17 different characteristics that we're looking at. The ones that we're going to look at today might be the most difficult. Number one in your notes, love is not easily angered. Most of us get upset easily. AAA did a survey, and we're going to take our own survey here in just a moment, that 80% of us expressed significant anger, aggression, or road rage while driving over the last 12 months. Think back over the last year. How many of you were either purposefully tailgating, yelling at another driver, honking or annoyed in anger, making some type of gesture with your hand, (laughs) 
trying to block the other vehicle from changing lanes. How many of you over the last 12 months, you're guilty of committing one of those violations just in your own heart? All right, we've all been angry while we're driving. I get really upset recently over, I'm at a stoplight and the light turns green and no one moves. And it's because the cars in the front are texting. They're not even looking at the light. I've started honking my horn. Probably at some of you. Because by the time the light changes, uh, I miss the light because it took us 10 seconds to get started. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We, we get upset easily at our, in our homes, and our marriages, at work, even at church, people get upset. I remember once I was in the lobby of the church, I was a young, I was just starting off a ministry, but there was a lady, and I don't know why, but she liked yelling at me. And uh, there was a word that was misspelled on the bulletin board, and somehow it was my fault. I, I didn't even know we had a bulletin board. And uh, it was the word balloon, and, and balloon has two L's and two O's, and apparently someone had only put one L. And as I walked by, this woman in the church felt it was appropriate for her to yell at me for this, and I looked, and I didn't even know the word was misspelled myself. (laughs) But uh, I looked around, and of course, people are walking by and visitors, and this is their first impression of our church. And so people get upset over the littlest things. The problem with getting angry easily, write these things down, no one wants to be around you. Truthfully. I mean, does anybody enjoy being around someone who just gets upset all the time over, over nothing? Secondly, it's bad for your health. It's not good for you. The stress and the anxiety, your blood pressure, it's just not a healthy situation uh, if you're that type of a person. And number three, most importantly, It is the exact opposite of what God has called you to do and to be. Amen? Amen. We wrongly think that if we yell and scream that we're going to get more accomplished. Some people just think that. They think if I really yell, if I I really scream, if I really get mad, I'll get more accomplished. And in actuality, it's a reverse effect. The gentler and the kinder you are, the more you can accomplish. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32, I want you to look at this verse. It says, better uh, to be a patient man than a warrior. Better to be a man who controls his own temper than to be someone who can take an entire city. I, I love, of course, Coach John Wooden and one of his favorite stories, and it's in several books if you ever read up on Coach Wooden, that he tells about his dad. He, he, his dad, he said, if you ask him about his dad, he'd say, my dad was the most gentle man that, I, that I've ever known. And in the book, he tells a story about uh, back in the days of the Depression that to make extra money, they would take their, their horses with a wagon down to the gravel pit. And you would back the wagon into the gravel pit, and they would fill the wagon full of gravel. And then they would take the gravel out, and they would put the gravel down on the roads in, out in the country in the state of Indiana. It's, it's how they took care of their they were gravel roads. And his dad used to do that to make extra money in the days of Depression. And Coach Wooden says that he'll never forget he was just a small boy and he was with his dad and they were waiting for, uh, there was already a, a wagon and some horses down in the gravel pit and they were waiting for, for them to get out so they could get in. But the wagon had so much gravel, the horses couldn't pull the wagon out of the gravel pit 
And coach said he and his dad, as they were waiting, they saw the owner of, this, of these horses begin to beat and to whip and to yell and to pull the reins of these, of these horses, but they could not, those horses could not get that, that wagon out of that gravel pit because it weighed too much. And Coach Wooden said he watched as his dad said, son, son wait, wait here for a minute. And he walked over to the man. He said, let, let me try. And the man said, okay. And he said he watched as his dad began to brush the side of the neck or the mane of the horse, settled the horses down, talked gently to them, got their heart rate down, and then kind of went like this. And he just gently, as he pulled the horses, the horses gently pulled that uh, wagon full of gravel out of the gravel pit. And, and the point is, again, that we're going to accomplish more in life by being a gentle person, a loving person, a patient person, rather than warring all the time. I want to add this too. If you look at the text, it does not say that love is never angry. It says that love is not easily anchored. You're going to get upset from time to time. Can someone say amen? Uh, you're, going, you're going to feel anger. It, the, the text says to not get easily angered. You shouldn't be someone who gets upset easily. There's a thing called righteous indignation. And we use that as an excuse a lot to get upset. We, we, we get upset at things. We call it righteous indignation. The, the Bible talks about righteous indignation. But righteous indignation is when you get upset not about how you are being mistreated. But righteous indignation is when you get upset about how other people are being treated. When you look at the injustice that goes on in other people's lives. That's what righteous indignation is all about. Jesus never showed anger about how he himself, I mean, read the scriptures. Jesus never showed uh, righteous indignation about how he was being treated. But he did get upset about how other people were being treated. He got pretty upset about how people were treating the Father's temple. He, he cleaned out the money changers in Matthew chapter 21 because they had turned the house of prayer into a den of thieves. He got upset about the Pharisees and the hardening of their hearts and the twisting and the ignoring of God's principles. But we don't see Jesus getting upset about how other people treated him. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, in your anger do not sin. So it's possible to be angry but not sin. Not all anger is sin is what it's, was what it's saying. In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a what? A foothold. We, we should be slow to get into an angry state. Uh, if we get into an angry state, it should be over injustice on how other people are being treated. And whatever state of anger you find yourself in, do not hold on to it. You need to deal with it before the sun sets. And that's where we all get stuck in our relationships. We get upset, we start to fight, we bicker, we lose patience. We easily get angry and 
It's a recipe for disaster because when the sun sets, if we don't deal, if we if we carry it over into the next day, that's where things begin to to get in serious trouble in our lives. My dad was the one who told me, son, the secret to a successful marriage is to never go to bed angry. And then he said, your mother and I have gone several six-month periods of time without sleeping. (laughs) Love is not easily angered. Number two, write this down. Love keeps no record of what? Of wrongs. And this is why I call this tough love, because of all the 17 different characteristics, this, in my opinion, is the most difficult to do. It's very typical in marriages for people to argue. Is that not correct? All you married people, would you not raise your hand and agree with me? It's tough being married sometimes. If you're a couple and you never argue and you never fight and you never get upset, I'm going to say you're strange. (laughs) Because everybody goes through these windows of time where you're just find yourself in the midst of a quarrel. And what normally happens is that in the midst of that argument, one of the two parties, they pull out a laundry list of all the things you've ever done wrong. Even things that you discussed two years ago and four years ago and eight years ago, you get in a fight today, and they've never learned how to forgive and to forget. Usually it means to love keeps no record of wrongs, means that you don't keep a ledger. You don't keep a list of all the failures of the other party, rather whether it's on paper or whether it's in your memory bank. I read of a man this week. He's in the, he was at one time in the Guinness Book of World Records. His name is Glenn Wolf from Los Angeles, and he had been married 29 times. 29 times. He was asked, do you take this woman to have and to hold from this day forward for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, for richer and for poor, till death do us part? Twenty-nine times. (laughs) It never worked out for him. And when he died... Here in Los Angeles, he was 88 years of age, been married 29 times, and when he died, he died alone. Not one person came to claim his body, and the city officials had to have him buried in an unmarked grave. Reminds me of a stark reality that true love, write this down, it's never easy. It's, it's, it's learning how to work through the problems. It's, it's, write this down, it's learning how to forget. We often want to run from our problems rather than to work through the problems. But you're never going to work through the problems if you're going to hold on to what's wrong all the days of your life. I want you to write this down. You, you have to have a good forgetter. You can't live today and dwell in the mistakes of the past. The Bible says in Psalm 103, verse 12, as far as the east, write that down, as far as the east 
is from the West, so far has God removed our transgressions from us. I'm thankful that the Bible verse does not say as far as the North is from the South, that it, that it says as far, I'm glad it says as far as the East is from the West. I want you to write this down. From the North to the South is 12,430 miles. 12,430 miles. If you took a plane from the North Pole to the South Pole, which I don't know why you would want to do that, but if you took a plane from the North Pole to the South Pole, it'd take you 38 and a half hours by plane, about a day and a half traveling by airplane to get from the North to the South. If he had said, when you travel the globe, North the Earth, North to South, North to South, if you stay in that direction, you go, you go south for 12,430 miles. But there comes a point, if you're going in that direction, where you end up, you cha- you're actually going north. If you go north, there comes a point where you start going south. It changes. You change directions. It's, it's every 12,430 miles, you're going north, then you're going south, then you're going north, then you're going south. But he said that he separates your sins as far as the east is from the west. If you go east and travel in that direction, that direction, if you go east, you're always going east. Write this down. That is for infinity. If you travel in a westerly direction, you can travel west for all of eternity. If you're going east, it's for eternity. If you're going to the west, it's, it's again, for infinity. And so I'm thankful that he says in this text that God separates our sins as far as the east is from the west. And not only does God remove our sin, he chooses to no longer even remember your sin. Uh, Hebrews chapter 8 verse 12 says, For I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. You know, God can do whatever he wants to do. Amen. God could choose to remember those sins, but he has chosen to never, ever again even remember our sins. I I heard about a minister named George Crane who talked about a woman who came into his office one day, and she was full of hatred towards her husband. She had decided that she was going to divorce her husband and he, she told uh, George Crane, the minister, I want to divorce, not only want, do I want to divorce my husband, but I want him to hurt as much as I can possibly hurt him. And Dr. Crane looked at this woman, and, and he came up with this ingenious plan. He said, you, you want to really hurt him? And she said, yes, I want to hurt him. George Crane said, here's my suggestion. I want you to go home and act like you really do love your husband. Tell him how much he means to you. Praise him for every decent trait. Go out of your way to forgive, to make him believe that you love him. Spare no effort to please him. And after you have convinced him of your undying love, that you cannot live without him, then you drop the bomb and tell him you're getting a divorce. He said that will really hurt him. Well, with revenge in her eyes, she smiled and said, that is an excellent idea. (laughs) Boy, will he ever be surprised. And so for the next two months, she showed him nothing but kindness and affection, love and support. She looked for ways, invented ways to serve him. And she never came back for the counseling appointment. He called her 
and said, are you, are you ready now to go through with the divorce? And she said, divorce? Why never? And she said, I've actually discovered that I really do love him. Her actions had changed her emotions. Our job is to do the right thing and to love unconditionally, to, to lead by our example, to serve, and to give people a second chance and give them a third chance and give them a fourth chance and a fifth chance and a sixth chance. And a, you mean I'm supposed to forgive seven times? Peter asked the Lord that. The Lord said, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. And you don't remind them of the other six times that you've forgiven them. By doing so, you're actually modeling the love of Christ. And they'll see Christ by the way we love. I know a, a guy I've known him my whole life. Uh, he actually works at a church. He is a multi, multi-millionaire. And um, his parents are like close to 90 years of age. And they do not have enough money to even eat. They don't have food. And um, we've actually asked this man to help. Will you just give a, he's multimillionaire. Will you, will you just give, uh, my sister has actually gone and bought groceries and taken them over to these people's house, his parents. He won't give them, he won't give them lunch money. And if you ask them, it's because of something they did years ago where he got upset and got offended and uh, he won't help them out anymore. And I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't, I don't really care, care how bad your parents are. You might have the world's worst parents. Some of you might think you have the world's worst parents. But if you're a multimillionaire and your parents are close to 90, they don't have food to eat, I don't care what they've done in the past. You need to help your parents. But imagine living with that type of bitterness in your heart. Well, you, you wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for your parents. No, I mean, everybody knows something bad about their parents, right? I don't, I don't know. If, uh, but listen, when they're on their last leg, you've got you to gotta, you gotta help them out. Amen? The Bible says this in 1 Peter 2, when they hurled their insults at Jesus, he did not what? Retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he trusted himself to... Him who judges justly, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. You don't need to keep track of everybody's mistakes and everybody's failures. You just need to trust that one day God will make all things right in his due time. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. 
You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.